0: and welcome to another episode of The Riff. My name's Cameron, and uh, once again, we are joined by Laura. Laura, how are you?
1: I'm good, Cameron. How are you going?
0: Yeah, very good, thank you. Uh, Good to be recording. Uh, And today we're talking about one of my favorite topics, actually.
1: And that's letters of administration, is that correct?
0: That's right, letters of administration. Um, You know, the crazy concept of when somebody passes away without a will, which, you know, in, in my line of work, I would like to see, you know, n- not that often, but it, it's a lot more common than you would think it would be.
1: Yeah, that's right. Um, and unfortunately, it happens.
0: Yeah, it, it happens all the time. And, and look, in a nutshell, what letters of administration is, is when somebody passes away without a will. So they're deemed what we call intestate. So being intestate means that you die without a will. Um, and letters of administration is the process of when you pass away and you have assets over $50,000 usually um, and you are requiring to transfer them to some sort of beneficiary. Now, with letters of administration, it's a bit different to the will because letters of administration is governed by the principles of the Succession Act, uh, which is a New South Wales Act which governs intestacy. Uh, and what happens uh, in the situation here is that uh, your gifts are actually given um, as per the legislation. So, say, for instance, you pass away um, and, you know, you're, you want to give your motorbike to Fred Bloggs down the street. Unless you have a will, that's not going to happen unless you are related to Fred Bloggs.
1: Okay. So, that's so- why it's important to have a will, Cameron.
0: Yeah, that's number one reason to have a will is to make sure that the gifts that you're giving go to the relevant people you want them to go to.
1: Yeah, that's right. And unfortunately, that's not always the case. Um, And this is why this process is in place.
0: That's right. So this is kind of um, this legislation's been adapted over the years. Um, it was last updated in 2006, but the whole purpose of it is to be that catch-all provision. So when people don't do what they need to and draft a will, um, there's essentially provisions there that allow them to be covered. Right. Okay. okay? So the, the key thing to do here is to understand that as soon as you die without a will, you lose all control over your affairs. So if you want to manage your affairs properly, you have, an, you have a will.
1: Yes, yeah, so that. that's pretty important.
0: Yes, that's right. So what we do is we go over to the Succession Act, then if you pass away without a will, and the first step is we have to appoint what's called an administrator. So the administrator is the person that will apply for letters of administration, uh, and that person's job is to essentially apply to the court and say, hey, this person's passed away, they don't have a will, and there's assets that we need to transfer to various people. Can you please let me be the person that will transfer them? And Cameron, now,
1: generally, who acts as the administrator?
0: Look, usually the best person to act as the administrator would be somebody that would be entitled to a share out of the estate.
1: So generally it might be like a spouse or a family member, um, yeah.
0: Yeah, so I, I'm actually running one matter at the moment where um it's a second cousin so as long as you're somewhat related um there's you know that better ability to be able to make that application okay okay so that's first step somebody's got to apply to be the administrator so let's use an example here laura let's say um your partner tim Mm -hmm. passed away didn't have a will okay uh and you were married if you were married um you would probably be the best person to make that application for administration. Okay. A, because you probably know Tim's affairs back to front. Yep. Um, and also B, under the legislation, you're going to be the first person that's entitled to it, which we'll get to in a second. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So once we work out the well, step one, sorry, is we work out who the administrator is going to be. You can make an administrator, um, you know, more than one person, So say, for instance, if there's two kids that would be entitled to their dad's share of the estate, um, both of them can apply. Um, However, in some situations, it is easier just for one to apply.
1: Right, Cameron. And say those kids are under the age of 18. Can they also be administrators or you have to be over the legal age?
0: No, no. So you have to be over the legal age to act as an administrator. Um, If you are under the age of 18, somebody else would have to make the application if there is nobody else out there that can, um, you know, make that application as you're the only entitled person, um, yeah. somebody can act as what we call your tutor. Right. So it's
1: basically they, someone acting on...
0: Yeah, yeah, acting on your behalf. Yeah, that's
1: yeah. Okay. right.
0: So that's um, really in a nutshell what the administrator does. And the administrator's job really is much to what an executor's job would be, is to gather the assets and distribute it to the people that the court deems that
1: Right. Okay.
0: Okay? So step one, we determine we need an administrator. Step two, we have to do a family tree. Okay. A family tree is very important because the Succession Act governs the tree of people who would be entitled. So at the top of the tree, so the person that is most likely to receive an administration is a spouse. So if you pass away and you have a spouse and you don't have a will, they are most likely going to be A, the administrator, but B, also receive the benefit of the administration. Okay. okay. And how
1: far down does the family tree go, Cameron?
0: Uh, it can go very, very, very far down. The key thing to take into account as well is that you don't just have to be married to be deemed a eligible spouse. So you can actually be a de facto partner. Now, okay. if you are a de facto partner, you need to prove – you know, certain things, that you were in a relationship with that person. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you definitely were deemed de facto, uh, it is very likely that you will receive the grant for administration. Right, okay. Okay. Now, if there is no spouse or de facto partner, we then go to the next step, and the next step then is children, okay? So if there is, uh, you know, no mum or dad anymore and there's kids, the kids would be the next person, next cab off the rank.
1: Right, okay. And in the case that there are no kids to that relationship?
0: So if there are no kids, we go up a rung of the family tree where we look at the parents.
1: Okay, so the kids to that relationship would then go above the parents?
0: Yes, that's right. So we start with de facto spouse, so that's number one. Number two is children. Number three is parents of the deceased, okay, which... In the situation where you've got somebody that's passed away without a will who's, you know, over the age of 70, it's Mm -hmm. pretty likely that their parents aren't alive.
1: That's right, yep.
0: So then from that stage, you go down to uh, that person's brothers or sisters, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: okay? If that person doesn't have any brothers or sisters, you then go to their uncles and aunties. Um, (laughs) If they don't have any uncles or aunties, you then go to cousins, and if there is no cousins, uh, then you go to your estate going to the government.
1: Wow, that's okay? very complicated. If it gets very
0: complicated, point. and it sounds bad, um, but really, in a nutshell, there is a very, very slim chance that anybody's assets will go to the government. You really need to be, okay. you know, a, a lone ranger for your mm. assets not to be given to anyone else. Uh, but the key thing to take into account here is that people that care for a deceased aren't taken into account and also friends. So say, for instance, um, a very common example that I see is when um, you've got a matter where people that have immigrated to Australia um, and English is their second language. Uh, and since they've immigrated here, none of their family has moved out here uh, and they have, you know, A few friends in Australia, but no relatives in Australia whatsoever, and they pass away without a will. That's a very key example um, of when, you know, a friend may believe that they would be entitled to something from the estate. um, But, you know, it's not the case.
1: That's very interesting, isn't
0: it? Yeah. Yeah. So... Um, I know you always hear these horror stories on a current affair and things like that, which is like, my money is going to go to the government and things like that.
1: Yeah. The chances
0: of it are very, very slim. But if you want to ensure that your money or your assets have no chance of going to the government whatsoever, get a will.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because once
0: you have a will, you solve all these problems.
1: That's exactly right. And like you said, Cameron, you can leave... You know, assets to friends or people of that aren't related to you, if you please. And you can't do that without not having a will.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's just if you are interested in, you know, protecting your assets, you get a will. But anyway, we, we, we move on from there. So the next step then is we work out who is, you know, entitled. So in the situation here that we were using with you, Tim's passed away, you're his spouse. So you're the person that's entitled now with the application for letters of administration, we have to seek the approval of the Supreme Court of New South Wales. Uh, and to do that, we have to send them various documents. Um, but before we get to that step, step three is that we have to determine what the assets are. So say, for instance, they could be property uh, and real property. I mean, they could be shares. They could be money in the bank. We need to determine, um, you know, what, we want this grant of administration to cover.
1: Okay, right.
0: So once we then work out what the assets are, um, and, and mind you, that can be very, very complicated, especially if the administration application knows very few details about the deceased. It can take a bit of time because we have to write to various banks and, and things like that. Um, after that, what we have to do, one of the requirements is that we have to make a proper search for a will. So what that entitles is that we need to make sure that the person's house is searched, if they've got a house, to see if there's a will. We also need to contact all the solicitors in a 5 to 10 K radius of that person's house to make sure that no will is held in their safe custody.
1: Okay. Yeah. All right. That makes sense. Yeah.
0: Um, Because sometimes people die and don't tell their relatives where their will is. Um, So we just need to make sure that we tick that box that we've, try as hard as we can to be able to find if there is one okay. out there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that is step four. Now, moving on to step five. Uh, after we do that, we go through a pretty similar process to probate where we just have to put an ad on the Supreme Court website, make sure that the deceased didn't have any other debts out there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and once that comes back, we are able to file the documents. Now, depending on what the situation is, um, you have to file documents. Um, and one of them is the administrator's affidavit, which essentially encompasses what their relationship to the deceased was with the person making the application. So okay. in your case, if you were passing away, uh, if Tim passed away, Laura, um, you would say I was married to Tim and you would attach a copy of your marriage certificate. OK, yeah. OK. You'd mm-hmm. probably also be noted on the death certificate in that case. Um, in the case where we're not going down the spousal route here, and we're going to say um, let's go grandparents, it's going to parents. Okay, mm-hmm. we would have to prove that the person doesn't have a spouse, which is fine. We can put an affidavit on that. Uh, however, to prove that a person does not have children, we have to do what's called a Section 50. Now, a Section 50 search is just a search of all the New South Wales uh, birth, death and marriage registries to make sure that a person hasn't had a child that's been registered under their net.
1: Ah, uh, okay. That makes sense, yeah.
0: Because if it comes back that they do have a child, the whole application changes because that person's entitled.
1: That's right, yeah. that's That's really interesting, Cameron, and it's probably yeah. come up before where, you know, people may have children and people or other family members just don't know.
0: Oh, well it, it does come up. Um the I've had a matter before where it's actually the person that's made the application is one of the children. Um and we've got to the pointy end uh and we found out through our section fifty search that they actually had a sibling, um, which this person did know about, but they didn't want them to get anything. <laughs> so yeah. they didn't disclose that to us. Um yeah. which unfortunately you can't do and if you know, that person wasn't to get anything, um, as per their parents' wishes. Once again, should have had a will.
1: Mm, that's right. So it's, we're, we're going back to the very start of what we said. Get a will. That's
0: right. It's just like, if you want to avoid this process altogether, get a will.
1: <laughs> yeah. It, and it sounds like it can get quite complicated. This, um, it can get
0: quite complicated break. and quite tedious. So, say, for instance, another matter that I've got on at the moment. Um, we have an elderly gentleman in his eighties who passed away. Um, and he owns three properties. Now these three properties, um, you know, they're, they're in his name. And what has happened is he doesn't have a spouse. He doesn't have a, a, any kids that we know of yet. Right. His parents had both passed away. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: His siblings have passed away. Mm -hmm. His uncles and aunties have passed away. Okay. He has two first cousins that are still alive. Okay. Wow. One yeah. of the things that we have to do in the administrator's affidavit now, which we're acting for one of the cousins, is that we need to prove that all those people have passed away. So we are going to need every single death certificate to be able to prove that all the people that we say have passed away have passed away. Okay. Now. Along with the Section 50 c- certificate, we can make applications for the death certificates, but it just takes a lot of time. And sometimes, especially in this case, the more you buy, the more the cost adds up.
1: Oh yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah. So, um, that's, you know, a very complex letter v- letters of administration matter. Um, they can be a lot easier. Um, but that's just an example.
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so we want to avoid that situation.
0: Yeah, so the key thing is anything that you say in the affidavit, you essentially need to back up. So if you say that somebody's passed away, you need to prove that they've passed away. Okay. Okay. You say that they've got no kids, you need to prove that they've got no kids. Okay, yeah. Okay? Once we do all of that, we send that off to the court, uh, and the court most likely will come back to us with what is called a requisition. Now, essentially what a requisition is is just some further questions that they would like answered. Um, mm-hmm. To be able to process the application. So, that what they use? Cameron? is that, generally-
1: Sorry, that is that common that the um, court will request these? Uh, depending
0: questions? on the circumstances, yes, it can be common. You know, if it's a easy, you know, it's just passing to the spouse, not likely. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the further down the tree that you go, the more likely they are to do a requisition. And the requisition could be, for instance, that they just want some further um, information. So say, for instance, they want some more details that that person wasn't in a relationship. Um, they want some more details that, um, you know, in relation to the person's assets, et cetera.
1: It sounds like it's getting very complicated. <laughs> it
0: is. And once again, if you don't want any complication, get a will.
1: <laughs> yes, that's right.
0: Now, from there, uh, what happens is hopefully we answer all the court's requisitions, but bear in mind that they can keep coming back multiple times. So you could have, you know, five, six requisitions depending on what they require. Okay.
1: Uh, and in every case, it's different. Yeah. And that's obviously until the registrar is satisfied with the application.
0: Absolutely. Okay. Now, hopefully, once we get that administration, uh, well, we answer all those requisitions, sorry, we then are able to process the application and the administrator is granted letters of administration, which means that, that we can then send that off to the various people that hold the assets and start getting those assets in to be able to distribute, okay?
1: Yeah.
0: Now, that part, depending on where the assets are, can take a bit of time as well. Um, but in letters of administration, out of the two major steps, that's usually the easier one.
1: Yeah, and um, how long does the process generally take, Cameron?
0: Oh, look, it depends on how many requisitions you get and what information you need. The longest I've had is three years.
1: Wow, wow, that's a long time to wait.
0: But in saying, like, three years, you can get them, you know, sorted, you know, within three to six months. So it just depends. Every matter is different, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, and no situation is the same.
0: Yes, that's right. No situation is the same. Even though they can be somewhat similar, you know, because it could be, you know, a spouse that's passed away, um, different circumstances could be at play. That's right. Yep. And and then essentially from there, um, we just move forward in trying to distribute the assets to the beneficiaries. Now, bearing in mind here, that's letters of administration in a nutshell. Um, but there is a concept which we'll touch on quickly, which is what's called an informal will. So a lot of people have passed away in, you know, in the past and still currently with a document that isn't deemed what we call a valid will. So it hasn't been witnessed properly or it hasn't been signed. Um, you know, it doesn't set out exactly where all the person's assets are going to go to, things like that. In the case that we are given an informal will, you still have to make the process of letters of administration. But what you will do is you will attach that document to the application and say, look, we believe that this document here signifies a will. Can you please approve it as a will? And then the court will use its discretion to, you know, um, say whether or not they believe it should be deemed a will or not.
1: Right. Okay.
0: Okay. So a really good example of that is there's a case that uh, was run about 10 years ago now, uh, and it went to a hearing because a person um, went to commit suicide and when they committed suicide they actually wrote a note on a wall right next to them before they committed suicide which didn't set out exactly where they wanted all their estate to go but said certain things like I want my uh, possessions to pass to my mother I think it was or father who, whoever it was mm-hmm. um, and because it was written on a wall just before they passed away it was deemed that you know, it wasn't a valid will. It didn't follow yeah. any of the normal concepts of a will. Mm-hmm. Um, however it was deemed to be a, a a testamentary document which we could prove to be an informal will. So actually it passed as per the wishes of that person, which go to show you that worse comes to worse, that you really look at the intention of what the person's trying to do. Yeah. Um, but, you know, every case is different.
1: Yeah. Like I said before, yes.
0: Yeah. So um, that's really letters of administration in a nutshell. Um, if anybody's got any further questions about this type of work, we've really touched the surface here. Um, it really is a complex procedure. And if you don't want your family to have to go through this, and trust me, if you've been through this process yourself, you don't want your family to have to go through this. Um, you need to get a will. That's the most important thing.
1: Yeah. And that's the takeaway from it, Cameron, isn't it? Today's um, podcast.
0: Yeah. Have a will, uh, and then you avoid – well, in all honesty, you're not the one that's going to have to go through this application. It will be your family, but you will be making it easier for your family in the future.
1: Exactly. Okay, well, that's um, that's quite a lot of information, I think, for today's podcast, Cameron, don't you think?
0: Yeah, it, it's quite a bit. Um, and like I said, this is a very complex, you know, legal process um but if you are going through this process and you have questions like feel free to give us a call we can help you out
1: that's exactly right um, so cameron where can the listeners find us
0: uh so you can find us on our website www.adamslawyers.com.au uh, you can also uh find us on facebook uh, facebook.com/adamslawyers slash Uh, Otherwise, you know, you can send us an email to info at adamslawyers.com.au or, you know, reach out to us wherever you listen to this podcast and we'll get back to you as well.
1: Um, And any of our listeners have any topics that they would like to discuss, we love hearing feedback from you guys. Please get in touch with us and send them through because we'd be more than happy to um, discuss those on our podcast in the coming weeks. Awesome. All right. I think that's it for me today.
0: Awesome. Thanks, Laura. And thanks, everyone. We will speak to you all soon.
1: See you. Bye.
0: Bye.